after being completely off dark last night. We're supposed to have 14 games scheduled. One of the busier nights of the regular season. 14 is now down to 12. Just earlier this afternoon, Carolina Hurricanes and Minnesota Wild postponed because too many players have been added to the uh, COVID protocol list today. Nick, and I'm, I, I, I'm scared. I, JB, Sammy on board, Derek behind the glass. Still, we'll still, uh, we'll still kick it around for the next couple hours as we always do. I, I just don't want to read any names because there's too many. It, it, it has been a spike the last 24, 48 hours that we haven't seen uh, in quite a while here. So this is. Uh, this is really disturbing here and, and what it does now to the National Hockey League and the continued pushback of regular season games. I mean, it is concerning. You know, not not just concerning, like it's scary. Like no one wants to deal with this again. After all hockey fans, they, you know, we all toughed it out through last season. Sammy, you were saying before the show, just like, just don't want to do it again. Boys, I'm telling you right now. Oh, we got a little... The lowering of the <laughs> wow, that was symbolic. Lowering of the curtain on the NHL. Um, I, you know, I said if this happens again, I'm I'm not coming in tomorrow, boys. Leafs get called tonight. I'm not coming. In. <laughs> I can't push buttons back there. I'm, no, sorry. I'm sorry. I know I, I pretend that I can. Derek can call the guests. Like I don't know. You, can, I mean, you're the better producer than me, Kipper. You can book the guests. Uh, I'll I'll be at home wallowing in my own pity if the if they're starting to cancel more games. Yeah, Canucks guy Rob Williams tweeted. So at least six Hurricanes have COVID. They were in Vancouver on Sunday and Calgary on Thursday. At least nine Flames have COVID. At least two Canucks players have COVID. At least two Bruins have COVID. They were in Vancouver on Wednesday in Calgary on Saturday. Uh, Oilers missing Ryan McLeod tonight, who's in COVID protocol. Uh, that is the only positive test we're aware of tonight, and by all accounts should be fine for Leafs Oilers tonight, which we're all very much looking forward to. Just a little nerve, yep. nerve-wracking about what's happening league-wide. And, and the majority of the players that I'm hearing are uh, asymptomatic, which is really good news. Um Devon Taves, I'm told, has symptoms, he does. and he will be probably looking at uh, late December or early January. Is he the only Avs guy? It's it's the only name that I had heard so far. Yeah, and yeah. that's a big name. That's an well, important name, and uh, for sure, you know, hopefully it's uh, it's mild symptoms. Yeah, I think the Hurricanes are up to nine players now. Couple of them staying in Vancouver. Sammy, you were saying one of them's the trainer who has an infant son, yeah. not going to be home for Christmas with yeah. his son. Yeah, oh, one of the trainers. On, yeah, man. it's just. I gotta ask you this because it's not something that I really want to get into, and it's not something that I really want to think about here. But I mean, we're th- talking about the Leafs game tonight. You know, the Oilers and Leafs. It's exciting. Connor versus Matthews. It's just a really exciting game to look forward to. But I can't help but feel like it's like March tenth. 2020 here and that we're yeah. heading towards another pause i, I don't know Why, uh, do you, what, what are your thoughts my thoughts is that this is an, an unusual uh string right now yeah that uh you know for whatever reason and I, not that i follow the other leagues really closely but it seems like in the nfl there when there are spikes there there are aggressive spikes and then things calm down again Ebbs and flows that's what i'm just hoping we're dealing with here yeah, that's that's the case. You know, we we talked before the show too about 
you know, limiting fans in buildings. And it doesn't seem like there's a huge appetite for that. And my point there is just that it feels like this time around, Sammy, it's not March 2020th because March 2020, do you remember how little we knew? Yes. Like, I mean, at home, ordering groceries and wiping them <laughs> down. I remember... I found a journal entry the other day, and I, my I was like, "We're we're taking the kids out for two walks a day." I was doing the same thing, Kipper. <laughs> oh no, I'm right there with you. Okay, boys. My, my my wife, like nothing came in the house unless it went. You know, I clothes came off when we came yeah. in. We were I, doing I, laundry. I don't shower and clean as well as I took care of like peppers and <laughs> bananas <laughs> and like. Yeah, I know. Oh my god! I'm just saying, like you know, Ali now- sent me to the grocery store and then basically stripped me on the front step before yeah. I got. In the house. <laughs> Couldn't bring the shoes in. No. Remember the <laughs> shoes? <laughs> oh yeah. man! And I remember the first time putting on a mask and being like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I had my glasses on. It was fogging up. I'm like, "I can't do this! I can't do this!" Oh yeah, and that was now my it's big like- fear. So they're not going to make us wear masks. They're not going to, you know. No. So we do know more. Listen, I'm not comparing it. I don't think it's not the. I don't think it's necessarily the same scenario. I just think but we I think knew so little then, and now. Sure. We have so many more answers. We can at least navigate it. Like, we're not going to go back to shutting down the NHL. And I, th- I think the frustrating part, as you know, I think from some fans and probably players and coaches and GMs, and you had mentioned Devon Taves, who has symptoms, but Rod Brindamore was talking about it today, and he was saying that, like, all his guys are completely fine. They're asymptomatic. You know, he said it's frustrating. They did their part. They got vaccinated. They don't know what else they're supposed to do, right? Like, they did their part, so... I can imagine that there's a lot of teams that see their guys who are quote-unquote sick who are just themselves normal and being like, well, we can't play. We're losing games. We're going to have a jam-packed schedule already. It's got to be frustrating. Really frustrating. And I agree with you that I don't think that we're in in jeopardy of of losing uh, the season per se. Yeah. But the thing that I I think about now is – how many games get uh, postponed and how far the season gets pushed back. That's a good point. Like, And the other thing, too, is, you know, it's comp- uh, competitive integrity here, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. so who plays and who doesn't? And are you allowed to play if you're only missing three guys? Is it four guys? Is it four A-listers? Is it three third-line guys? Mm-hmm. All of that comes into play. And when we're dealing with do you make the playoffs or don't you make the playoffs? Jobs and money and bonuses. Will you you go back in the schedule and say, why did they let me play or why did they let them play? They had an easy two points. We played them a week before and had their full lineup. And what if you only get in 79 games? Now I think the the real threat, you know, you said the season's not going to be in jeopardy, but there's a chance that not everyone can play 82 like if a number of teams have, you know, you got nine guys out and you miss two weeks and there's three weeks missed for the Olympic break where buildings are booked and you can't reschedule things and you just can't get the games in. I can see a world where, you know, not everyone gets in 82 and you're going, okay, what do you do with a team who played 78 times? You're hoping it's the Coyotes or somebody that doesn't matter. Yeah. And you're just hoping that it's a, you know. And Frank Cervelli just saying that, uh, just now tweeting that Ryan McLeod may not be alone on the protocol list. Sounds like Edmonton has a potential positive on the coaching staff as well. Believe they are retesting to make sure it's not a false positive. So, well, we hope that this game, yeah, is played tonight, and mm-hmm. we hope the the dozen that are slated are 
are still intact by puck drop tonight. What a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> last night, no games. No As games. I mentioned earlier, the NHL Players Association has took that opportunity to have calls with the players to bring them up to speed. A lot of them didn't like what they were hearing, but also were in a position where still some questions weren't answered. And it may take some time to get answered, including if we if we are positive over there, they don't even know where they're where they're staying, where they're putting them. It's not a it's a, it's not the Ritz Carlton. And so, who's gonna feed me? Who's gonna like yeah, right? Yeah, we need no, some they know nothing. Here. So Kipper, the, the the conversation was about the Olympics or about the season or both? And no, not the season. Okay. No. It was about, no, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. That's not on their radar right now. Well, the Olympic stuff just... I mean, it, it, it really is a conversation uh, predominantly about... Is it, though? The IIHF, this is the IOC, and the NHL towards the Olympics. That's, that's what the focus of the call was against, uh, with the NHL Players Association last night. Do we want to play uh, Connor or do we want to save Connor? I know no, we got Gord coming no, up. Yeah, we're going to go. To, we got Gord Stellick, uh, uh, Edmonton Oiler, New York Ranger, great Mark Messier will help us tee up that game as well later on in the hour. Uh, so we got a full show here. Uh, don't let all this um, COVID talk scare you Yeah, we're going to talk here. about the hockey game. We will, for sure. We, but you but can't avoid yeah, this I stuff think, right now. I think, uh, okay, let's save, let's save uh, Connor. Okay. And we'll, we'll go back to his comments. And, and uh, is Gord Stalick ready by chance? Is he ready sure. to go here? Is he... Uh... So, Gord... Oh, you're calm. Oh, my God. You gave me the signal. You gave me like you were going to the lefty. It's... Uh... <laughs> Right? Bottom of the ninth here. You're my closer right now, and you waved me off. All He's right, there. We got him. Okay, so off night last night must have been a full day at the dog pound or the dog park for you yesterday with no games on tap. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, – Blue got a couple of walks out of it, that's for sure. Yes, yes, down by Don Valley Golf Course, so – um, rare, rare night, like for all of us, Kippy. So I was looking to go for a walk with you, couldn't find you. So I went for the second trip to the dog park. Did you feel a little lost? I throw this out to everybody. No game last night to be found. It felt kind of weird. It even felt weird. The one game, you know, uh, tonight you had 14 scheduled. Now there's 13. Um, I get and don't get the imbalance a bit. So when we caught the Chicago Calgary game wasn't going to happen. It's kind of too bad because sometimes you like kind of a quieter game. Derek King's done a real good job with the Blackhawks. Flames have been a real intriguing team to watch. And um, now it's also logistically not the best of things for an opponent like the Toronto Maple Leafs with the game Thursday having to be postponed. What do you make of the league trying to sort through all this COVID stuff, Gord? Like, you know, the, the poor Islanders took it off the chin when the plan was just to power through, and now uh, the plan seems to, you know, be to postpone some games when necessary. Obviously, that didn't work out for them. A lot of juggling, a lot of figuring out what to do, and Kipper made a good point earlier about, like, uh, who, what's enough? What's the number? What are your thoughts on the league's handling all this COVID stuff? So you you mean what's the number of COVID people before you yeah you, uh, shut it down games? Yeah, the Islanders had I think seven or eight guys at one point yeah, and they played. Yeah. Meanwhile, six in Calgary was enough at one point. 
Well, it's funny because the San Jose Sharks had a decent number, but they played pretty well, um, so it never really hit there. Uh, St. Louis has had some issues, and they've played okay. I think part of it, Justin, was, and, and you know, and it's been discussed before, when you've add the element that you've got a team that's about to cross the border travel-wise, then that puts a whole different element on it as far as the urgency factor goes and the dynamic. And that's certainly what happened here in Calgary's case. But I think, you know, case by case, this was a weird one because my understanding is they had zero cases on Saturday. Then they found out before they're going to Chicago, they had three cases. They were hoping some of them would prove to be negative, and then they got four more cases. So I, I think they weigh all kinds of different things in making the decisions. And, you know, I don't know what down the road is. I mean, last year we had that kind of absurdity of Calgary and Vancouver playing out the string regular season-wise and completely meaningless games once the playoffs started. But uh, we're not quite there yet. But, uh, yeah, it's becoming more and more of a concern. Do you even have a gut feel, Gord, on where this ends up, whether or not Gary, the owner, shut it down. The players say no. Uh, it should become. It should be a, an individual choice. It, I'll risk it. I'll go there. Half the guys go. Half the guys don't. So we're, we're talking. We're talking about the Olympics, obviously. We are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, you wonder about that concept. I mean, who are we to try to predict what the Chinese government's going to decree or do? But to us it seems reasonable that can you not have a chartered plane that if there are COVID related issues, you know, in all seriousness, kind of like those cruise ships that were stuck out there when COVID hit and, you know, Donald Trump even gave exemption to one Canadian one to land in Florida and they were police escort. Cause I know somebody with the two people that are on that, they got police escorted to the airport and there was a charter plane that took them to Toronto, you know, right in, right in the first few weeks of COVID. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, can there not be that kind of thing that if you do have positives, that there's a measure that they can be gone, sent back to Canada and the United States? Uh, but uh, otherwise, yeah, Kippy and, and Justin, it seems like this will be the, the deal breaker, like even a hint that you're going to. And being totally asymptomatic doesn't matter what three weeks or possibly up to five weeks uh, quarantining in China. So. We've got about a month or so on the clock till the soft deadline of January 10th, and you just have to hope there's some other remedy in place. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, I can see why guys wouldn't go. Well, yeah, and we heard Connor McDavid actually make some noise, you know, calling the news rather unsettling, I believe, was the, the term he used. Now you killed our clip. Well, I did. Actually, you know, let's play the clip. Here's what Connor had to say. Can we play that, Derek? Let's Connor, go. you talked about the COVID before, so as, give us a percentage on on whether you want to go if there's a isolation for three to five weeks in in uh, Beijing, how unsettling is that thought for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's obviously going to be a very fluid situation, and uh, and we need to uh, to continue to gather all the information that uh, that there is. I think um, you know, there's there, there hasn't been a ton of information come out, and all of a sudden there's you know that three to five week thing that you know it's uh, it's kind of been floating around so just trying to gather all the uh, all the facts and and uh and inf- information and you know um obviously it's unsettling um if that were to be the case when you go over there so um obviously i'm still a, a guy that uh, that's wanting to go play in, in the olympics um 
you know, but we also want to make sure it's safe for, for everybody and for all the athletes, not just for uh, not just for hockey players. So if it did come down to three weeks, would you just say no way, Jose? I'm not in the position to make that decision today. Um, again, we got to gather all the facts and all the information and um, and uh, and go from there. Gord, we haven't heard a, a player push harder and want it more than Connor McDavid. Yeah, first of all, um, I'm unaware who this Jose guy is who's in charge that you have to report whether you want to go or not. But anyway, uh, you're right about Connor McDavid wants to be the Sidney Crosby of 2010. You're 100% right. All the great players embrace the, embrace the bigger the stage, the better the opportunity to play with guys like Crosby. And he is the guy that from the word go uh, absolutely would do as much as anyone, at least they think, as far as a hockey player goes to play in the Olympics. So when he tempers it a little bit, we know Houston, we got a bit of a we, well, problem, concern, but then any kind of concern or problem, is there work towards a remedy? If not, then kind of the message is being delivered that, uh, you know, it's not a big deal to those in China about NHL players coming, which I would hope they're thinking the contrary. So Connor McDavid will be in the lineup tonight for the. Uh, you good to turn the page on that? I'm good. All great right. segue to that clip, by the way. I didn't want to guilt you <laughs> into it, but you did fantastic. Thank you. I thought it was very natural feeling. Um, you know, Leafs and Oilers tonight. There is a hockey game. We are excited to see to see what's going on there. No Zach Hyman, unfortunately, but uh, still McDavid versus Matthews. What are your thoughts on where the Oilers are at and what the Leafs are up against, given the uh, little bit of a losing skit here for Edmonton? Sorry, is that Connor McDavid asking the question or Justin? <laughs> yeah, tough <laughs> to tell. I know, I know. One day we'll be okay. on YouTube and you can watch and know clearly. <laughs> I, uh, five losses in a row for the Oilers, and Dave Tippett kind of sounded the cry a couple of games ago that they're not getting enough effort, two-way effort from enough players on their team. And one thing, Justin, I've really liked this year has been the new guys on the Leafs. All the focus was on Nick Ritchie, but then you get to look at Bunting and Kasha and Camp and you know, there's been more of an identity in that third line than the last couple of years and fourth line as well. And that's what Edmonton's lacking. Like, you know, Toronto's depth is what I'm really impressed with. I mean, you, you got Connors and Matthews and you got Tavares and Drysaddle. Unfortunately, you know, Mitch Miner. So you've got some great skill players. But depth-wise, that's, that's what's really getting Edmonton out. What they haven't got a goal from their third and fourth line, I think, in something like nine games. And that's something when the Leafs turning things around has really shone through. How concerned would you be if you're management or even the owner to, to say, how much pressure can we put on McDavid and Drysaddle to score three, four goals a, a night? It, are we seeing now a little fatigue set in? Kippy, they don't get better every year. They don't get better. These guys made eight-year commitments to stay there in Edmonton, and that's one reason you know they had to or were willing to pay Zach Hyman more or, or true market value in a hard cap world because they need those kind of guys. They had to, you know, pony up for those kind of guys. They just, I'm sorry, every every year they do not get appreciably better. There's there's little, you know, blinks every now and then. The goaltending, you've got to rely on Mike Smith as the old guy when he's healthy being your best goaltender, which isn't the case this year. And, yeah, I, I you know, Connor, Austin Matthews signed a five-year deal in Toronto. Connor McDavid signed an eight-year deal in Edmonton, okay, to stay in. He made that kind of commitment in Edmonton. And I got to think at some particular point, and they get pissed off at Edmonton. They go, oh, you're trying to say he's coming to Toronto. And I, 
That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just thinking from him and Kippy, you know, and Justin, you know, players better than I do. Like, come on, at some point, that's why he wants to play in the Olympics so bad, man. He really wants to be on the big stage, like a Stanley Mm -hmm. Cup final or something that befits guys of his ability. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, so tonight, the uh, on the Toronto side of things, Matthews will be flanked by Bunting and Kasha. But there's what interests me more than any of that is what's going on on the D uh, on the D side of things. Uh, they got Muzzin with Lilligren and Dermot with Hall tonight. A uh, couple of different looks on, on the back end there. How do you feel about those new pairs, Gord? Weird part: the last couple of games, it's been the kid that's had to carry Hall or carry Muzzin, right? right. Like, I mean, <laughs> when you split them up, you thought it's like. You're putting the veteran with uh, the younger, less experienced player. So, uh, you know, Justin, they had that run of keeping games. What was it? Seven games, two goals and under. And now they've had six games, three goals and over as far as allowing. So, you know, defense is going to remain to be their, their challenge. And I've always felt that about the decor. That's going to be the challenge. And it's, it's had its, you know, win against Chicago was nice, but sloppy moments were still part of it. And, uh, and that's, going to be a concern all the way to the playoffs can they can they play it you know like they did during that seven game stretch of two goals or less who who are you most concerned about on the blue line would it be muzzin or would it be justin hall i say muzzin because i expect more from him and i guess kippy we always look at the numbers and there's more obligation there's more term and more money to him so i um i, I love his style I like his physicality but start of the season wow i know hall was the one that got uh, up in the press box but wow they just i mean do you remember the columbus series and part of when the leafs didn't win was oh well you don't have jake's muzzin and uh you know how much they missed him and i first of all can't stand those excuses about injuries but that's the one guy that's the one guy you know every, every year there seems to be generally in a team one or two players and quite often it's injury related we find out at the end of the year that that don't quite seem to be bringing being able to bring their game more often than not. So up front, my uh, my curiosity is like, does Ilya Mikheyev have like compromising pitchers of Dubas and uh, Keefe? Because I saw quotes yesterday where Keefe said that he's going to play on the power play. They're going to they're going to give him a look on the power play. I was like, Il- Il- Ilya Mikheyev, okay. Well, I mean, how? Where do you? I guess where are expectations for Mikheyev, a guy who's going to slot in maybe in the top six at some point and see power play time, despite what we've seen of him as a player so far. Well, I think yeah, yeah, at this point we know you got to really figure it out or cut bait. Like I think a lot of people think he's an, a rook, like he's like a 19-year-old like Austin Matthew was. Like he's what four years older than Matthews. I mean, this is an older guy. And I, one thing is with no playoff race. I mean, there's no playoff race in the Atlantic Division. Good, good if Detroit makes it a little bit competitive if they do. But so you can you can try stuff. And I can kind of see with McKayev that what you thought of him was a top six guy. Like your best case scenario was this guy would be a top six winger and kill, you know, and right now I think he's three short of Michael Grebner's record for most missed breakaways. Is that right? I don't know the unofficial <laughs> record. So all time. I mean, yeah. like he just, it just does not happen for him, but you see the skill, but we've seen this before at some point, uh, it just doesn't happen. So I don't mind like, Hey, give him a chance to excel, you know, see what he can do. You're giving him the best possible environment and Marner not there, that, you know, makes, you know, that allows you to try things a little more fluidly. Nobody expects Jack Campbell to hold a 950 save percentage, but with uh, the Leafs now going into Edmonton, still facing two of the hottest players in the world in Dreisaitl and McDavid, and a Toronto Maple Leaf blue line that's leaking oil somewhat, 
don't you guys see this as the biggest challenge for Jack Campbell tonight to see where exactly he is as we get through the Christmas break here or towards it? Uh, I don't know. You know, I just think he's answered every other challenge. Like a challenge was, uh, could he be a solid backup to Freddie? Then could what? Because quite often we see goaltenders when the number one guy gets injured, they're not able to rise to the challenge. Jack Campbell did that when Freddie was pretty well hurt all last season. So uh, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but you know, like we had that regular season game last year, the three of them at Edmonton, almost three shutouts. Uh, a shutout by uh, Anderson, a shutout by Campbell. Hutchinson just allowed one goal late. And, you know, we all thought, man, this is the lit- litmus test. This this is the best things ever could be. And this set up a playoff final between the Oilers and the Leafs that you're looking forward to. And it just shows how uh, all those all those scripts get, you know, get scrapped when it's all said and done. So I, I don't know what to read Kippy into, um, like, like, like what's a signature game or not. I, I just think Jack Campbell's done the job if he gets – stoned or has a bad game or two tonight or in the not too distant future i got no problem so i think a loose calculation be fair to say the leafs have not been great for four games um you know the wild or sorry yeah wild jets columbus chicago even the wins and they have been great mitch marner has not been playing either these things uh related to you gore do they they miss in mitch marner or is it just a, a bad run of hockey here by chance okay they are absolutely missing Mitch Marner. I get so annoyed about those dumb stats. Like what's the power actually, plays with Marner out of the lineup? Yeah. The record is, isn't that great? Matthews out of the lineup, the Matthews lineup, you know, the record is okay, but you want Matthews in the lineup. You want Marner in the lineup and Kiki, Kiki, you remember covering it at Sportsnet when Matt Sundin was hurt in the playoffs and against Carolina and they're winning and said, well, maybe you don't bring Matt Sundin back, please. Come on, come on. So positives, Power play goals, uh, what, two power play goals in five consecutive games. Uh, even though they didn't win against Minnesota, they got a point against Minnesota, didn't win against Winnipeg. I like that there was some kind of statement there, some kind of push, some kind of compete. And that wasn't the case at the start of the season. And that's when things were really concerning to me. So I'm okay with this last stretch. All right. Uh, our boy Sammy tells me I got to get you out of here on a hard 327 so you can make your 330 pedicure. <laughs> Yeah, well, I just I was just visiting Riverdale Zoo, uh, Riverdale Farms, right, and I'm just pulling into the pedicure place now. So uh, Manny and Teddy to get set for big tonight's big game. All right, anybody interested in hearing more hockey talk? Got a Gord Stellico meet him at Nails for You on uh, Young at Eglinton. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, Gord. <laughs> You're tough as nails, Kippy. Always were. <laughs> See you, Justin. See you, Gordo. He dropped me a little Ron McLean there, didn't that he? Was a, that was a great little pun. We even ignored his No Way Jose joke earlier. Uh, we didn't get to play Where in the World was uh, Gord Stellick today either. It was a, a real a real loss, I feel like. But Yeah, we're okay. giving everybody a break. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I, I don't agree with him if if Jack Campbell has a bad game. Doesn't mean nothing to well, you? Well, no, it means something to me. Uh, it, it will. I I agree with him that uh, he's, he's, he's answered every call, but he's coming off some rest. He's coming off uh, a weekend of some practicing and... Mm-hmm. And I expect him to be one of the best players on the ice for the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. It will be interesting because let's say he goes out and lays an egg tonight. All of a sudden you go, oh, you know, it's it's a few games in a row. I think he's an 891 over his past four starts, which I'm not going to hang him that, that on him. I mean, the team hung him out to dry against Columbus with free goals against. And, you know, well, that's going to play a big part, too, is you know, if 
nobody's picking up the back door and he's coming out to challenge and they've got two or three tap-ins, mm-hmm. you're certainly not going to hang it on him. But, you know, even even that stretch of 15-2 and two where a lot of things were going right for them, he was still making incredible saves. Mm-hmm. And it's just it just seems to be a pattern of the Toronto Maple Leaf season so far is that they, to Sheldon's comments earlier this week, this is a team that just goes out there and gives up A-quality chances and expects their goalies to make saves. Yeah, that's part of the deal. Something that I'm interested in too here is this is the first game since the very first game of the season where Peter Morazic will be the backup goalie, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. That sounds right. Because he got hurt in the second game of the second half of the back-to-back against Ottawa. Yeah. And then he started that game against uh, Detroit. So this is the first time where Jack Campbell's going into a start. Where, as... some, where they could pull him. Well, not necessarily <laughs> where they could pull him because I think they did. I think he could be pulled for Wall or whatever. Wall. Um, but, you know, I just, I'm not like he's going to play any differently or how he's going to react or whatever, but... I think it's a little different now after what Mrazek showed on Saturday night. He showed that he could get through a game, make some big saves, stay healthy, kind of be somewhat of what they expected him to be. I think it's more of a goalie, you know, it's not necessarily a battle because Jack's obviously the starter. He's been unbelievable, but that thought's in the back of his mind now. No, is that is that a thing or am I making that up? I don't know. It's a good question. Like, it was a very comfortable position. It was his unquestioned for a little while, and he played exceptionally well. Will having that additional pressure affect him at all? That's a fair question. I would think that uh, he knows when his next start is, yeah. wouldn't you, on this trip? Yeah, I'm, I, three games, they probably said, hey, you're going to go Saturday night and you know Tuesday and Saturday. Would you give him Saturday? I think so, yeah. With, Seattle being the... With the uh, extra rest. The lesser opponent. One less game in Calgary. We assume they're going straight uh, off Edmonton to Vancouver. We had this conversation, Yeah, which is also not an awesome place to go. Yeah, Vancouver doesn't seem like it's going to be the hottest spot to play in terms of if this game's going to be happening. They're getting, you know, a bunch of COVID tests coming back here now, so they got some guys in protocol. So, I mean, um, that, ga- that game could be in danger. Like, I mean. I know. But let's say there is a hockey game tonight. Yes, how, how there's ex- a hockey game tonight. I'll ex- go with that. How excited are you guys to watch a line of Kampf, Engvall, Mikheyev? Six foot five, Engvall. Appropriately excited. <laughs> So very minimal. <laughs> uh, here's what I, I'm thrilled to see what, what happens with this group. I expect McKayev to be the second fastest guy on the ice tonight. <laughs> okay. He, you know, I do. You just flying around? He's He's been skating for how long? Four weeks? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Five weeks? Like he should be shot out of a cannon tonight. And you know Engvall can fly too? Kasha, I know you're talking about to, Remember the time McKayev and McDavid had a little foot race? And like he can hang. I mean, not quite, but he can he can hang in theory. But I just think these these guys are rangy and long, and they have you know that disruptive stick. Like they should be an awful line to play against. But what kind of passing? How how many tic tac toes between Engvall, Camp, and Mikheyev? I think I see a lot of neutral zone hockey. Dump and chase. I think <laughs> I think there's a world in which uh, this is the third line or shutdown line that Kyle in, envisioned when he signed uh, David Camp in the offseason. You no, know, like. You know, uh, Mikheyev, we know what he's like defensively in terms of being able to skate, kill penalties, that kind of side of his game. He's definitely not out there for his finishing. And Pierre Engvall's a great skater, like you said. I wonder if this is kind of the line he envisioned when he side camp in the in the offseason. Here's your pickle here, is that I bet they envision Mikheyev aside, aside, uh, beside, Kampf and Kasha. That's mm-hmm. like a, some kind of line that you really like. But 
it seems to me like Mikheyev believes that he's going to get paid on points and he doesn't want to be a shutdown guy, right? Like in the offseason, potentially asking for a trade, wanting top six minutes, wanting power play time. Is this guy willing to be that third pair or third line guy, which would actually get him paid? It doesn't seem like he wants to do that to me. With Nick Ritchie, obviously having his issues with production, there, there is an opening. There is, they are taking auditions. Yeah, <laughs> they certainly right? must be. Yeah. So, I, I think he's going to get his opportunities. Is, but he's going to have to make the most of it. He's going to have to show some flair. He's going to have to show some. Yeah, I should be taken seriously as a top six guy because up until now nobody has. Can't you just see him potting too tonight and Richie sitting at home on his couch just going, "Oh, come on." I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I look at Mikheyev as a, a legit top six, but I, I don't know. I mean, everybody has to start somewhere. Yeah. It just, it's interesting to me what leverage can do. This guy is a UFA at the end of the year. They need him in, they need his contract and his output versus his contract on this team. So I think they're going to try hard to keep him happy. Don't you feel like if they put him in the third or fourth line, Things don't go well. He doesn't get points, doesn't get opportunity. He's going to say, get me out of here. He's going to say, just give me a chance. Just give me a chance. <laughs> give me a chance. Um, I don't. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, that's a good question. Uh, it would be awfully. The wall here. It would be awfully selfish at this point. Yes. Like, that's one of those where DeBrusque booed, I think, the first game that it became public that he wanted trade be, to be traded. Mm-hmm. Like, that is really setting yourself up here. Saying you want to go. Yes. Yeah. On a good team. I, on a good team that could win now. Yeah. And. At some point, you got to like, look out for the, the name on the back, don't you? Yes. But as I've proven and Eddie Olchuk's proven, you, you're, you're a very. Win as a team. You're, you're a very small piece to a puzzle yeah. that wins a championship. It could last a lifetime. Yeah. Team success is unbelievable for so legacy. You can go and make your money next year, but uh, you got to also like the chances if if you stick around on a championship team. If the Leafs get hot, if, you know, there was a lake up my, you know what, we'd all be fishing. But <laughs> I like, he's got a bunch of these and he doesn't even finish them. <laughs> if they're deep, yeah, you would assume McKayev has got uh, a, a part in it. Yeah. Whether it is a legit top six or or five to nine, you know what I mean? But, he will play a part, and there's a very good chance that you will be rewarded off of that anyways. I see him getting paid more money if he's willing to be that guy. Let's say he leads the team in penalty-killing ice time or he's 1-2, and he's a third-line guy who's out there in the last minute protecting leads and the team has some success. What do you pay a guy like that? Three, four million dollars? You know, he thinks he's going to go out there and score 10 times and that's where he's going to make his money. He's not. His money's out there to be Philip Deneau. You know, you're not a a centerman, but who who signed in Detroit uh, yesterday? Robbie uh, Fabry? Fabry? Yeah. What did he get? Three times four, something like that. Is that right? That sounds correct. You know, if you're McKayev and you go be a valuable defensive piece. You're that guy. If you, you want to go out there and get your 10 goals and not be a valuable defensive piece, I'm not sure you have. A lot of guys get you 10 goals and don't play D. He, he should commit to the so, role. Question for uh, both of you. Uh, Brad Meyer refing tonight uh, for the Leafs and Oilers. Last game he worked for the Leafs. 
he was in charge of the uh, Jets game on the Sunday oh night, December God. 5th. You're Matt, so, you sound worse than does that matter? A, a 90s Leaf fan when it comes to... No, I'm just to wondering. Like, this I, segment Carrie, brought to you by Al Carrie Fraser screwing the Leafs. Leafs. Leafs fans are fired up about this today. Missed, Twitter, Leafs Twitter is hot about this. Missed so. high stick on, on Gretzky. Yeah. What, are you going to bring that one up too? No, we I, do not agree. <laughs> I just wonder. Does it matter? Does it matter? Uh, here's the thing. It doesn't not matter. Like Brad Meyer clearly in his mind would be aware of the last game he refed with this team, right? Brad didn't suspend him six games. I bet you Brad, yeah, if you'd call the... Oh, he kind of did because he didn't call the penalty. I bet the Leafs uh, have more power plays than penalty kills tonight. I think that's a fair... Oh, um, Brad has a subconscious... That... uh, wants to make it up. That... uh, Makeup game. Appeal to Gary Bettman has not been heard yet. We'll go, I think, (laughs) tonight. Is it tonight? Yeah. Okay. So... I don't know with him and Gary are going to sit by an iPad and watch the play a few times. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it'll it'll those appeals are a lot like uh, a salary arbitration, and Gary will play the the part of an arbitrator, so he'll he'll hear both sides. The lawyers will. It won't be based on the play though; it'll be based on precedent, right? Yeah, but there'll be a cross examination. You get to really yes, like is this in a courtroom? Yeah, and then Gary's got to go away and come back with a. You know, a file that uh, stipulates what he his decision is. Can't just write it on a whiteboard and hand it to him or something? So, Not quite. Quickly before we head off to break to get to uh, Mark Messier, which is pretty exciting. Uh, this is from Jim Rutherford, who's addressing the media. Uh, he said, I don't know what the guidelines is. Uh, uh, sorry, let me start that again. Uh, rewind. I don't know what the guideline the league uses to cancel games, but it certainly appears that it has to be a bigger number than what we're dealing with right now. So he's talking about, you know, that they don't have that big a number. So maybe, maybe Saturday's still in play. We'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, Rutherford speaking to the media at the moment. Uh, I would say that that game feels like about 75-25 it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, They're going to do everything they can to, keep to the squeeze schedule them going. in. Yeah. For sure. And they're they're backpedaling right now. They're waiting for some more tests too, according this. To it, so they're gonna they've got a little bit of wiggle room here still, they think, but uh soon as you start thinking that you're you're into the playoffs, pushing dates back, they will they will blame it uh, on the schedules and, and they will shut down the Olympics, I think. They I can see. they can just they can blame it on we had We're already to push. missing too yes. many games to schedule. Oh. Yeah, they will. Mm-hmm. They will. Again, no availability of the the buildings will be a concern. Could they possibly schedule a few games here and there? Would they put them into a junior A facility? Would they go to a, a college in the just to get the games in? Love it. Remember the the number one concern for Gary Bettman was to get the schedule back on a normal. Right, they, situation. they don't want to be playing in July. They want to have training camp September and start the season early October. They can't do that if they're if they're pushing into July. This thing's supposed to end at the at the end of June. Mm-hmm. You want to go into July here? They, they'll uh, they'll blame it on them uh, on the schedule and, and cancel the Olympics on that. The other day, you asked me what percentage chance I put on there them going to the Olympics. I said sixty three. I'm 49 now. <laughs> Buddy, I'm I'm 0.1%. Like, just, there's just no way. There's just absolutely no way. Passion. Sorry. Sorry. Canadian passion. 
I know. Breaks well, we'll get a percentage off of Mark Messier, Hall of Famer, ESPN hockey analyst. He'll he'll join us after the break. Help us tee up Leafs and Oilers, and also his thoughts on Team Canada and will they go? All after the break, real Kipper and Born coming at you.